morning. Yes. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to all of you. I'm deeply grateful to be here. My name is Mario Shoka, and I'm glad that my name is being very popular now because of Mario Bros. So, uh, and I come from the beautiful country of Mexico with my wife that is there, my wife Kayla, my daughter, my grandson, because my daughter is pregnant, so I'm so excited <laughs> and happy for that. So, and my Isaiah 55 family. Thank you for having us here. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for letting me, this opportunity to me, it is really a blessing to me. Thank you for opening your hearts and doors for us in this day or today. It is a truly an honor to stand in your midst. So I want to extend an invitation in return. You are very welcome to visit our ministry in Mexico uh, next year and in the other year and in the future. So you are very welcome. Your presence will be uh, a blessing. And I think together we can continue to strengthen our relationship and work for the kingdom of God together. So thank you. Thank you. So let's, let's pray this, this morning. Father, we come before your presence. Thank you. Thank you for your opportunity and privilege to gather in, in worship. We ask that this morning you open our understanding and may your Holy Spirit speak to our life clearly. May our hearts be receptive to your voice and that we can delight in your word and respond as you desire. Please remove any distractions and may my accent not hinder that clear preaching of your gospel. May you be exalted and glorified. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this morning the message about the call of Jesus. It's going to be based on Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, the verses 14 to 28. So I'm going to read part of that. The verse 14 says, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the, God, the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, they called, without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. 
They went to the Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he told them as one who had authority, not as the teacher of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority, even gives order to the impure spirits, and they obeyed him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the word of God. The call of Jesus. Authority. Authority is the attribute that gives a person or an office the right to give orders to others. It is also the quality that encourages an order to comply. In this way, having authority means on the hands commanding and on the other being obeyed. The Generation C, they call, the people called Generation Z, the people born between 1994 and 2009, more or less, post-millennial, they said, is a generation that questions everything, and mainly authority. Has lost, they said, the the principle of authority, no longer turn to the parents or teachers in search of knowledge, but they have Google as their main support to solve all kinds of doubts. They are internet generation. And as I know, there's a lot of teachers here. They can confirm what is happening with this generation. When I was a child, around 45 years ago, more or less, 47, I belong to a generation that live under authority. I'm not better than this generation. I'm going to clarify just. It was a different generation, my generation. I remember when I was a child, when I was a kid, my mom and dad, authority was not questioned. What they said, you need to do it. You cannot complain, you cannot question anything. When my dad or my mom gave me an order, it was obeyed. Same with the teachers in elementary and middle school. Authority was exercised even with the gaze. Just with, if somebody, some adult says, they, they don't have to say nothing to obey. So, it was a time to have a positive attitude about authority, but it seems that is no longer the case. So today's story is about Jesus' authority. When he called people to follow him, 
When Jesus called to follow him, he had all the authority to be followed. So we have three things this morning. First thing, the message of Jesus. As I read the, the passage in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, Jesus shared the message about the gospel. He said, the time is fulfilled. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And these words, this is the message of Jesus. Repent and believe the gospel. And we need to understand these words of Jesus very well because here is the most important thing of the message that Jesus wants to hear. That we, we want to hear us. Two things. One, repentance. Repentance means change direction. If we are walking on this way, repentance means change and walk in different way. Sometimes we think repentance is we are walking in this way, we just say, oh, I'm bad, I'm doing this bad. Uh, please, God, forgive me. And then continue walking in the same way. Repent in, in, in the Bible says, it's a walking in a different way that we are walking. So Jesus tells us, repent and believe the gospel. So if repent means doing things and think different, in a different way. So in a few weeks more, we're going to celebrate New Year's Eve. It's very common to, to write down or to think about New Year's resolutions, right? So maybe we're done, oh, this year I'm going to do the diet. I'm going to do exercise. I'm going to self-care. I'm going to eat healthy food. So the last time that I'm going to eat uh, not very good food is going to be when I celebrate the, the holidays after Christmas. It's going to be my last time. Because in January 1st, I promise I'm going to eat just vegetables, fruits, no Coke, just water. And in January 2nd, we're eating some bread, <laughs> drinking some Coke. Why? Why? Because there's another word. It's just a remorse. And we think that it's the same. The repentance is, is different. Sometimes we say, ah, oh, yes, I'm not eating well. I'm not eating healthy. I'm going to do that. But we cannot do because it's just a remorse. It's not a repentance. So Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. Repent is the first word. And believe the gospel is the second word. So the second word is, what does it mean gospel? Gospel is a Greek word. Because the New Testament was written in Greek. So that means good news or evangelion. I can say very in, in Spanish. Evangelion. 
is composed of two words. F, E-V, which means good, and angelos, or evangelion, uh, which means messenger. So it means good news or happy message. And this word was used in those days to give good news to something that had happened in their stories. So that is, a gospel was an announcement of something that had happened in those days. And that changed the situation of the people at that time. Could be the victory of some battle, or the birth of the son of the king, of the coronation, or some special event. They didn't have the communication that we have now. That, so they sent a person with that announcement, and that was the Evangelion. So, hearing or knowing that, Jesus said, repentance and repent and believe the gospel. So, what are those good news? What Jesus is talking about? Well, it's good to know that today in, in religions, in general, the sense of their message is obedience or advice. And gospel was not about obedience or advice, but about news that had already happened. At least are not talking, the good news are not talking about our obedience. He's talking about Jesus' obedience. So I don't want to send a different message to you. I would like to explain very well what this means. Because if not, the pastor team is going to say, hey, what are you teaching about the obedience? No. No. I'm teaching about the obedience of Jesus is the gospel. The essential message today of religion in general tells you, Obey this, do this and that, that you may be right with God, or that God may bless you. But that message about obedience and about is not true, is not what the Bible teaches. And this is so because we, the people like this, not the new generation that I, I talk because they don't like authority, but... Most of the people like to hear this because as a human beings, we like to be part of something. So we don't like to hear, you don't have to do nothing. No, I, I need to do something. But the gospel teaches that everything was done by Jesus. So... The gospel message of Jesus tells us, this is what has already happened. Jesus came and died and rose again for you to win God for you. This gospel message tells tells you that you can have God because of what you do or don't do. But because of Jesus did you do in his life and his death. The gospel means 
that we can have God because of what Jesus did for us. He obeyed in the way that we cannot obey. He accomplished everything that we cannot do. So I'm not saying that you don't have or we don't have to obey. I'm saying that we cannot accomplish the full obedience yet like Jesus. Because all our things, the Bible said, says we are sinners. Even our best do have something in there. So that is the message of Jesus. This makes completely different from all religion and philosophy of this world. Jesus asks everything of us. Change the way you see God and life and believe the gospel. It's the same, are the same words. Repent. Change the way that you see the God and life and believe the gospel. The second thing is the call of Jesus. When Jesus was walking, he saw some people, fishermen. And he called them. What we see here is Mark, Mark's gospel now shows Jesus, but now accompanied by disciples. And for that moment, Jesus is going to be with them. So, the call of Jesus to this man, allowing us to understand what he's trying to do in this gospel. We have three elements in, in this call, when Jesus called to his disciples. We have three elements. In verse 18 and 20, Jesus said, and they following him, they went with Jesus. That means they had a relationship with him. They have a relationship with Jesus. This third element, this fifth element is very fundamental. When Jesus call, calls a person, he now, he, know, he now has a close relationship with him. He wants a close relationship with him. At that time, Jesus called his disciples to follow him. But now, the Lord Jesus continues to do the same. He calls you to your heart to follow him. And be close to him. It is very remarkable that Mark Gospel says that Jesus saw them and knew who they were and called it. Call it them. Twice he said in verse 16, Jesus saw Simon and his brother. And verse 19, a little later he saw James and his brother John. He knows you by your name. And it's very common that when we we hear this, we our tendency is to, to say in general, oh, he called them. But it's different when we put our names in there. So we tend to generalize, but let's do this 
quick exercise using the words of the verse 16. Jesus saw and put your name there. I'm trying to remember some American names, but I can. It's hard to me. <laughs> but Jesus saw, I, I just remember two names. Jesus saw Taylor <laughs> or Tracy or, or now maybe Paul or Michael that I met this morning. So sorry. And Jesus said to, to them, follow me. Jesus saw Mario and said, follow me. The second thing about the call is they have a relationship. The second thing is the purpose. The call has a purpose. And the purpose is a mission. And I will make you fisher of men. The mission of these fishermen, so they will now live for Jesus. Perhaps, maybe this picture, it, it is not clear for us about the, the fish. Because maybe we can say, I don't like fish, or I, don't, I never had to fish, or I don't understand what does mean this. But the point of this figure of Jesus is to see it from the perspective of the fisherman. Dan than the, just to see the fish. So, now his followers catch more disciples, more followers of Jesus. Every person Jesus calls to follow him now is a person of, on mission. So maybe, since we are here as a missionaries, you will say, and, and I understand when we say, oh, it's a full-time missionary. They are full-time missionaries, and I understand what you say. But when you are called from Jesus, you are a missionary because you are on a mission. Where? Maybe in a different place. Maybe in the place where you work. Maybe in the school. Maybe in the office. Maybe with your neighbors. Maybe with some people that you work. But you are doing mission. So, and... We will be happy to have in, uh, to, if you visit Mexico for a mission trip, but it's just, if you decide to go, it will be just one week, a year. So that means the year has 52 weeks. It's less than 1%. So what's going to happen the rest of 51 weeks? You will not do missions? No. We are doing missions. When we call, when Jesus calls us, He has a purpose. Doing mission. So our life is a mission to do it. This is another great challenge because we live in, in a self-centered individualistic society. When Jesus calls us, he says, think in another people. Now we live thinking of others. Now he worries, Jesus told us, he worries that others also know Jesus. So if we 
are thinking just in our self. It's different to start thinking in another. Oh, they need to, to know Jesus. So this is being hard at this time. Because there's a lot of things that happen in this, in this society that we are just self-centered. So carrying out the, the mission of living with others in mind so that they know Jesus becomes more and more complicated now. But it's a mission that we have. It's a call. And the, the third thing is they had a total commitment. At moment, the passage, passage says, they left the nets and followed him. They left everything, what they were doing. And Jesus calling them, and they left. Some of them, they left their family. Some of them, they left their nets. So, it doesn't, have, it doesn't mean that you have to live your, or to live your, your life, what you are doing. What Jesus is telling us here is, now, when I call you, I'm, I am a priority over your work and your family. Because later, the disciples return to work and to be with their parents. So, which tells us, doesn't mean you should leave all this to follow Jesus. It's all about priorities. So let me ask you this. Has Jesus already called you? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you live on a mission? Is he your priority? And the last thing, before Trace sent me the potato, (laughs) before throw me the potato, the authority of Jesus. You may wonder why did this man, rough man, rough fisherman, hesitate to hit Jesus' call? Why do we read here that they left everything to follow him? The answer is because Jesus' authority over all things. Mark's gospel says here in verse 22, that the people were astonished as his teaching for him parted as he as one who has authority. This word authority is very interesting because the idea here is that this word authority comes from the same root as the word author. Therefore, what Mark is telling us is that everything Jesus said and everything Jesus did about life and the world, he did with authority that come from an author. Or that come from the original author. So this is not something that Jesus received, but everything that Jesus said and does is something original. And if it came from the very origin of the life, because Jesus is the author of life. 
and to provide this, look at what happened next. Below are several things to, to see the authority of Jesus. I'm going to read the verses 25, and I'm finished with this. I'm going to finish with this. And verse 25 to 28. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives other orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he will not let demons speak because, because they knew who he was. Here we see that Jesus has authority over the spiritual world, especially demons. He when he cast out demon from a man who has possessed by an evil spirit. Then we see that he has authority over the sickness when he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Notice that when, that then when Jesus not only has authority, over the spiritual world, but also over the physical world. Because he said he just took her by the hand and helped her up. So, what does all this mean? It means that when Jesus said, come, follow me, the disciples could not resist Jesus' call to follow him. It is as if Jesus said, follow me because I have authority over all things and over all your life. And the same things he says to you. Follow me. You cannot resist my call. Jesus' call is irresistible. Sometime later, at the end of the Mark Gospel, and even though Jesus had all authority over all things, he humbled himself for you. He went to die on the cross for you. He rejected the authority he had to save himself. Because his mission was to save you and me. To save me. Think of you. He was thinking of you and me before him. 
And for that reason, he brought you this good news, the gospel. He's the author of the life. And by him, all things exist. And for that reason alone, you must follow him. Jesus said to you, follow me. Just follow me. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word, for sending your son, Jesus, to die for us, giving us hope. Thank you for calling us, for choosing us, for guiding us, for giving us, and for loving us. Allow us to respond to your call wherever you place us, whether as a teacher, entrepreneurs, employee, ministry leaders, mother, students, or in any role. Enable us to serve you as a missionaries, sharing the, God, the good news of your gospel through our life, serving to others, words, and prayers. Grant us wisdom to respond to your call as you desire. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.